special technique of shadow boxing. first thing they want to do is they want to seize the narrative of history. You see that over and over again, whether it's Mao or Stalin or Hitler, Pol Pot, whoever it is, you take control of the narrative of history. That's very important. And that's what they're attempting to do here. Every nation in every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. It's right fucking in front of us. Like, it's right there. We came... We saw, he died. <laughs> Damn, that's a cold-ass honky. These things are obvious, right? I, I don't run around saying, you know, I'm smarter than everybody when it comes to politics, or I'm even smart. The whole point of this show is that you don't have to be smart to see what's fucking wrong with our system. That's how messed up it is. Who has put pubic hair on my coke? Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. I gotta fart real bad and I gotta shit real bad and I'm afraid if I fart I'm gonna shit. Free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I can get this? You delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? I'm not retarded, but I like rocks. I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. I tell you, you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. It's bullshit. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly guys. Yes, they are. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. You sit on a throne of lies. And if you're going to infiltrate some cell somewhere, or a terrorist cell, you have to deal with people that are willing to betray their country, people that are willing to betray their friends, people that want money or other things, and it's not pleasant. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Jesus Christ, I met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. All over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. What are you talking about? America is not going to be destroyed. Never. Rome was destroyed. Greece was destroyed. Persia was destroyed. Spain was destroyed. All great countries are destroyed. Why not yours? What a shame. That a few bad apples have to spoil a good time for everyone by breaking the rules. The revolution will be broadcast. So, what do we do now? You guys want to smoke some drugs? And, and welcome to the Monday Night Master Debaters, coming to you from the winter wonderland of the Northeast. We just got like a foot, foot and a half of snow up here today. So I've been locked at home and dude, been looking forward to this conversation tonight because I got my good buddy who's on the other side of the world and it's summertime over there, so to speak. And my buddies from NYC, we got the mind's eye, Josh and Sean. What's going on, guys? What's, what's up, man? up, man? It's great to be back. Great to be back. Yeah. 
like I was saying before, I love what you guys are doing. Your last couple episodes, especially like the Mandela effect and the the Disney stuff. You guys are just nailing it on the head right now. I love it. Yeah, yeah. The, the people love it too. I mean, kind of just blew up from that <laughs> from the past like couple weeks. It's been very interesting to see. Yeah, I how saw that clip just take off on the Mandela effect. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing people never heard that perspective before. No, but dude, I, that's what we're going to talk about tonight because that's I, I think you're spot on. You know, I think that's one of those things that there's there's a reason why it's out there. And we're not all crazy because now we're starting to see proofs. I mean, that girl, that poor, poor girl, man, she she was on the fringe of just jumping yep. <laughs> over over the fucking cornucopia of Fruit of the Loom. You know, it's like, damn, man. Yeah, she was going in. I remember I, remember I scrolled past it on my feed because usually I gain I get I gain ideas from like seeing other people like post and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, that's cool. But what if like, I, you know, this instead? So I saw her video i got a, like some views and i was like hmm what if you know the mandela effect is not you know some timelines merging with each other and it's you know a, a psyop an operation to see how much of history they can change so i threw it out there and we we're sitting on this couch and we we're just playing this game that we got <laughs> and within like two within two hours it got like three million views damn we were like oh shit this is going and right now it's sitting at 16.5, almost 17 million views. Officially viral video. Yeah. 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 Well, fuck it. Anybody that hasn't seen it, let's, let's, uh, let's, before we get Drew in here, let's just give him a listen and then, uh, we'll check this out because this thing is, is, uh, <laughs> why that the Mandela effect is used to see how much of history can be altered in front of our eyes. Here's a prime example of one of that. There is this woman on TikTok who was going crazy because she swore the Fruit of the Loom had a cornucopia logo. And to the point that even Fruit of the Loom themselves put a timeline of all their logos and it never had a cornucopia. And this woman went hard. Her therapist told her, yo, you need to chill out. You need to just drop this. So she went through all of her old clothing and lo and behold, she found a shirt with the Fruit of the Loom with the cornucopia logo on it that shows me like yo i'm i think the mandela effect is an operation that's running around right now to see how much of history can be altered right in front of our eyes without us noticing and then they gaslight the public and be like nope this never happened damn i didn't think about it like that yeah bro people are thinking about it very little like oh it's the berenstein bears or the berenstein bears or jiffy or jiff's peanut butter no it's much larger than that guys they're using this to see oh if we can get people to forget certain primary things about their childhood what can we do with history boom yeah <laughs> dude that's it so hey uh let me get drew in here drew missing from you're missing the point and probably my favorite movie conspiracy three theater 3000 that that podcast is great man what you do with ryan and bob it's just awesome the way you guys break shit down so welcome my friend thank you thanks for having me that is absolutely a stellar take on the Mandela effect. Um, dare say it's probably true. Uh, the amount of stuff that people <laughs> find and they have real artifacts or photos or pictures or they have it on a VHS and it's different from what the internet and the, the mainstream seem to say kind of proves the point that 
it's not two universes or two worlds colliding. If that was the case, I dare say finding an artifact that proves it wrong would kind of blow the universe up and really destroy <laughs> the Matrix at the same time. So that's definitely a bit more plausible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things I found interesting was, check this out. So you go to the um, Mandela effect like definition, right? So you go to the, the Britannica, and when you go down here, you go to the, they have this Monopoly man and they show him to start with the monocle to say that you're crazy. And then they say, okay, we'll drag this over and now you'll see the real logo. Hmm. Wait a minute. So he has a monocle there mm -hmm. and then you drag it over and that's the real Monopoly man with no monocle. Did he not have a monocle on? Yeah, no, the thing is, that's one of her things, too, is that he never had a monocle. And she said, well, he, Monopoly says he never had a monocle. She insists that he did. And then she actually here. I'll yeah, show she and this is where this is where they reinforce it through popular media as well, because you remember Ace Ventura, he knocks out an old guy with a mustache wearing a monocle and he shakes his head. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. So they're reinforcing the idea that he had a monocle when they're telling us that he hasn't had one. Yes. And that's that that's where she is. And, and she found supposedly it's in only um this two dollar two dollar bill. She'll explain it better than me, but she found it. And so it does exist. Stay with me because there is so much drama to this journey. Been over 250 million Monopoly board games sold in 111 countries, 43 different languages, and over 300 variations. And I found the one where the monocle is present. Every time I've seen this recreation of the Monopoly man with a monocle, I'm 100% sure I've seen it in my life. When I see this vision of it, I suddenly start to doubt myself because this looks less familiar and less correct to me. And I found out why. After all of my digging, I could only find the monocle in use one time on the $2 bill in the 1996 European version of Monopoly Jr. If you look at the other bills, you can see the monocle isn't present on them, which is why the running Mr. Monopoly Man is the only time the depiction looks correct. I was able to dig up several other images to validate the validity of this. Throughout this journey, I've ended up with more questions than answers. As an American, I'm confused why this is the image that comes to my mind when I think of the Monopoly Man, so I'm currently digging through the historical archives of Monopoly board games sold, but it's currently looking like finding a needle in a haystack try to streamline the process yeah. I so we get the point with her it's damn <laughs> single-handedly breaking the matrix right now to be honest yeah i might get her on the show yeah <laughs> yeah i mean just get a black couch to let her sit on first because that, that poor girl needs therapy because man <laughs> she is going so hard at these it's like man it's not that important but i guess it is <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what's funny is that uh people were saying uh in the comments that uh oh it could have been like, you know, you know, a fake Chinese knockoff. And I was like, you know what? I don't you know, that could be a, a plausible thing as well, but how much how does everyone that had Fruit of the Loom happen to buy the Chinese knockoff? You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like it makes no sense to me. Well, and and Drew made a good point before the show we were talking about like movies right and you 
on a lot of the, he was saying a lot on the live streaming services. Now you're getting an edited version of the movie versus what was released on the VHS or DVD or Blu-ray mm. and they're manipulating things. And one of the videos, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but one of the videos that's going around right now is about um, Disney and chemtrails. And supposedly there's this German guy who Disney has paid to, let's see here, uh, has, has paid this guy to go into old movies and paint in chemtrails. Hmm. So here it my clients, uh, one of my patients is a producer in Hollywood. Two years ago, he received a um, task from Disney um alle alten Disney movies zu überarbeiten to um, go over and edit all the old Disney movies um in den Himmel diese Streifen einzubauen to put into the scenes of the sky these stripes so when people see a Disney movie also today, wenn die Leute einen Disney Film schauen heute heutzutage und sagen well, Klingert, you say uh, du sagst Klingert, dass diese Streifenbildung erst in den letzten Jahren so schlimm geworden ist. And then you, for example, people say today, well, Klinger, you're talking about uh, these uh, stripes being formed on the sky today, only as of late. Dann sagen sie, hier ist, hier ist ein Film von 1954, guckt ihr den Himmel an. Then they will say, der hat die gleichen Streifen drin. Look at this movie here from 1954. There are the same stripes at the sky. Die Streifen sind ein natürliches Phänomen. That uh, then convince people that the stripes are a natural phenomenon. Mein, uh, mein uh, Patient hat dafür 60 Millionen Dollar bekommen. My patient received for this job 60 million dollars. You know, that's a lot of money to paint some lines in the sky <laughs> for, for nothing right for not no there's no real nefarious purpose behind that you know we're yeah, just saying this is for fun <laughs> this is what's going to catch them out though they're saying it's a natural occurrence even broad mainstream science say those straight clouds can only exist as contrails so the air vapor coming out that's cooler, hotter and cooler air combining and making a thin, long white cloud. If they start adding it to the oldest films that are on the record books, they're going to date themselves because there was no actual high altitude jets at that time to create a contrail. Mm. Yep. So they're playing themselves. The Absolutely there. there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now to play devil's advocate to that, what if they're doing the same thing with like old books? And they're they're putting books out there that aren't old, but they're dating them as such and creating these authors and creating a Wikipedia page. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's as simple as that nowadays to to really deceive us. Because I was wondering that because I just found this book um from 1885 and it's called 100 Proofs the Earth is not a globe. And it's this guy, the scientist going back at Johns Hopkins who was really pushing hard on the globe at that time. And this, you know, I look at the book and I'm like, well, I wonder if this is real. Like, what if they just put this out there to kind of stir things up a little bit? Cause I've never come across this before. And, you know, I've been looking for a couple of years now. Hmm. Well, that's, that's why it's important to keep archives. You know what I mean? Like, 
every now now that everything is online nowadays like it's 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 easy as just editing a picture or editing an old website and nobody really knows unless you're like a good like programmer to see when that edit date was even done you know people just see what's being in front of you so i I, it's definitely important to keep archives of all the media that we have and every historical document we have because in the future you know, they might add something into the Constitution. You're like, wait, well, that that was there. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Well, you know what I'm scared about though, with like online archives, is it just takes a single EMP, an electromagnetic pulse, to wipe out our entire data structure. Everything we've ever learned for the past whatever hundred years on the internet of technology is just gone in the blink of an eye. And that's why ancient cultures carved their archives in the stone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know can't really change that unless you carve another stone yeah (laughs) well even that could be manipulated to an extent because Mm. what's to say some of these stone artifacts in certain areas aren't new constructs and placed there because you can't carbon date stone you can only carbon date the things around it usually it's a fireplace food that's rotted away in a spot so there's even an element of the archaeological record we have to question when it comes to stone is it as old as it's made out to be Hmm, oh, true. absolutely. Like cave paintings, they've come across a lot of fake cave paintings mm-hmm. that people created, you know, and, and that kind of gets into the whole, if if you want to go there, the whole dinosaur route, because the guy who founded, you know, dinosaurs was on a mission to find them. He created the word for them and then just so happened to find their bones in the 1800s after you know, thousands of years that people never found any sort of, you know, look at all these great buildings, right? They had to build some sort of base for these. They never came across dinosaur bones in any of those, you know? And Jay-Z like, wow. was lucky, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah right. Like, it's just, it's one of those things that really, when I start and think, think about it, it's like, wow, it's that easy for them to manipulate history, you know, his story. And mm-hmm. and it is that and, and and you guys just made a great point with the digital era. They've made it that much easier because we've become almost lazy to the point that we'll go to a website, read an article and take it as, OK, that well, that must be the fact. Right. And and it could just be bullshit that's put out there. Well, it's a big one that goes along the lines of a social credit score, which kind of comes under that agenda 2030 plan of building social equity. Disney's one of these big woke companies that does that. So they'll progressively go back through their catalogue of older films. And if it has political uh, or cultural events, things depicted in it that no longer align with the the company's um, mission as their corporate mission, they have to go and change it. The biggest one is Dumbo. You look at a lot of the older early Disney movies and being America, a lot of um, characters that were African-American were depicted quite racistly, like the big lips, the stereotypical type of stuff you saw during the 1920s. Well, they replaced all those characters and superimposed animal characters over the top of them. Mm. So they're no longer depicted as African-Americans, they're animals. So that's just one small example. So how many times does it come to, say, um, language? Disney's a big one for language. Any type of swearing or something gets dubbed out. So what happens next when there's characters who are, say, uh, homophobic towards other characters? Does that mean they just edit out characters completely or mm-hmm. wipe it from the record? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so much easier. Like I said, like, it's just what they just can pay one guy to go in there and just draw it in the same style, make it look like he it was drawn back then. Like, 
it's crazy how 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 easy it is nowadays. Uh, that's why we need like physical archives, like it like on paper. You know what I mean? Even though even though that could be manipulated as well, it's 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 harder or more like work to go and change papers than it is to type some things on the internet. You know? Yeah, and it's a record, right? I mean, it is a physical record at the time. Now, how valid is it? It really depends on the perspective it's coming from, right? I mean, you, you, the, and that's one of the things when they talk about experts, right? And Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you know, take him for what he is. But one of the things that he says is, you know, when he goes to trial, yeah, he's going to bring his experts. There, the other side is going to bring their experts. They're all experts on the same matter, but they come at it from different perspectives. So who's right? Who's wrong? Right? They, they trust the experts. Hmm. Man, I mean, that's like what we saw just recently, like 2019, 2020, COVID. It was like experts versus experts. That's <laughs> that, like was the biggest hysteria and mass confusion. You had half of the public that was saying, well, trust the experts. Half of them were saying the same exact thing. So it's like, which expert do you trust? And I mean, I, what, what I fear is that people will just focus on this like central, this central public figure. But it's like, who's the one that's placing that authenticity on that figure? And that's what I think we need to watch out for. It's like, because that's that? a that's a very powerful position to be in, right? If you if you get to determine what is right or wrong, what is hateful or not hateful, right? Because these are all subjective, right? There, there, there's no, it's there's a gray area to it because what may be offensive to you may be a joke to me. You know, it's, it's that, and you're right that what scares the shit out of me is one person getting in control of that and being able to then deem what is hateful and what is not. And we saw a preview of that, like you said, in 2020. Well, truth is the ultimate weapon, isn't it? Truth can either remove the shadows or it can obscure things. And post COVID we're seeing the Western world move into this idea of digital censorship through the US Restrict Act, the Misinformation and Disinformation Bill in Australia, where essentially they're appointing non-government representatives to dictate what the truth is. So if the government or the person in control of said act tells the world that the sky is purple when it's obviously blue to us, <laughs> we have to go along with what they say. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we it, it's definitely weird, especially over here, like... um. It was interesting seeing certain things posted on online about New York City when COVID was during lockdown and we live here. So it's like I remember one time uh, I tell the story all the time. I remember I went to the hospital because my mom had like a stomach ache and on the TV, they were like, oh, the hospitals are packed. You know, this, this, this and that. I'm not saying they weren't, but the hospital that I live next to was one of the biggest hospitals in New York City and it wasn't packed. <laughs> it was completely fine. I was operating as normal as a and, emergency room would. And one of the things people fail to understand, hospitals are meant to work at close to full capacity. They're not meant to be empty. They're, mm -hmm. you know, and and if they are empty, that hospital is likely going to close. So yeah. for, for people to, you know, say they're overcrowded, I mean, and that was the other thing. You saw people, there were people going around to hospitals and filming and there's like, there's nobody here. Where, where, where are they overcrowded? You know, and then when you got to the, the lines, they were showing lines in the news that during the summer, people had winter coats on. 
So they were obviously manipulating the pictures of what was going on. And, and it just got so sloppy that I think that's part of it now with, with social media, with the internet, with the 24 seven news cycle, and everybody has a phone and internet access, you're starting to see the veil is starting to get pulled back. And when they mess up or when they say something, we now have record of it to bring them and say, hey, hey, wait a second. You just said this two weeks ago. That's not what your stance is now. And there's there's more people like us that kind of look at those records and hold them accountable for it. And I think that's when you start to see change is when the you know the the mass the general population starts to push back and say wait a second this is this this isn't right that's where they have their keyboard warriors of fact checkers verifiable <laughs> facts can come in and be proven to be false because they've got some guy behind a keyboard in bangladesh saying it's not true <laughs> <laughs> you know that gets me so mad all the time i'll be like we look something up in the first one thompson reuters oh ready God. ready to get at us you know what i mean and, and then you know, it's, you know what's funny is that they have this weird like way how like things work online i'm guessing like online like the the laws of like the land don't really matter because everything's online so we're not supposed to really have like that type of censorship but you know thompson reuters is in canada so they can post whatever they want on their land <laughs> yeah and that's that's the thing it's like but then you look at some of these fact checkers and they're not even in your language so you can't even tell what is wrong right like i get <laughs> fact checks all the time from like i don't even know what language it is it's characters and you know, they're, and they're telling me that I, you know it's wrong but how do i check that mine's <laughs> always in russian it's just ridiculous i needed like a russian friend just to decipher it for me i know i'm just getting shadow banned but come on Every time, Cyrillic language. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying, man. And you know what's funny is that besides Thomson Reuters, every other like fact checker, you check who funds them, and it's most is mostly Facebook that yep. funds them. And then Facebook be like, "Oh, we don't, we don't employ them. We just give them all the money they need." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does that make any sense? <laughs> That's it. It's like it's like Bill Gates with the with the vaccine. You know, he wasn't invested in it. He was really worried about our health. And then, <laughs> as soon as he made his five hundred million, he you know, ah, it's not as effective. We're gonna try this other thing that I might be invested in. You know, and I don't know about they're not, they're not employed by Facebook. They just are dependent on their money for their livelihood. That's all. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a small thing like that. <laughs> <They're back. laughs> I don't know about you, but I wouldn't take health advice from a, a billionaire that eats cheeseburgers all the time. Yeah, I mean, with the set of man tits he's got on him, I am taking zero health advice. You know, you look at these fucking minute health ministers and they're just slobs. It's like, yes, come on, man. You laugh now, but in 10 years time, the history books could show that men have always had breasts. Yes. And we're wrong. So it's fine. <laughs> well, it's like that meme when they show the, the fattest man from like the late 1800s. He looks like, you know, kind of a normal dude today. You know, looks it's like the like, average Walmart guy. Guy yeah. getting around on a rascal just shopping at Walmart. Well, he's he's upright and mobile. The rascal people, they're, they've crossed the threshold and they're no longer walking. They've gone full Wally at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. That scares me. Imagine, bro, you pull up to Walmart one day and you got those floating hover chairs. Because everyone... yeah. Oh, my God. You <laughs> dock yourself on it. You <laughs> they have lights and shit for you to go and stop. Yeah. <laughs> we're not far away. There's still people wearing fucking masks. Oh, Guys, yeah. We're, we're in 2024. And I saw a dude 
fully masked up today. Like he was gloves, yep. mask, mm-hmm. the whole deal, man. This guy was ready for biohazard. <laughs> There's this lady that that goes around in my building. She she's she holds like Clorox in one hand and a, and a napkin on the other hand, and she will literally spray and wipe everything before even touching it with the glove that she has on. <laughs> Dude, it I broke so many people, man. Broke yeah, I remember, them. I, pressed the, I remember I pressed the button, and then she sprayed, it and I was like, "Yo, what you trying to say?" Like, <laughs> dude, they got like a a yeah. funnel of hand sanitizer, like a fire truck hose that they just spray as they walk, so everything <laughs> is sanitized in their path. They were gonna create like the illest superbug after that, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Right? <laughs> you're gonna be dependent on al- rubbing alcohol at some point. Yeah, as your only defense, you're gonna get the, like- the new one. I've sorry, the new one I've seen out of all this is that they're saying the world's in denial about long COVID, and that long COVID is paramount to AIDS, and it has similar kinds of uh, attributes to HIV. I'm like, well, that's a coincidence because didn't they use elements of AIDS in the vaccine? Oh shit! And you see them just go, oh yeah, well, it makes sense now. Makes sense. But they're safe and effective, all right, guys? And they, they won't stop the transmission, but they will slow it. And all that happens. It, it's, it's such a joke. They I laugh because Jimmy Dore still has is up on YouTube. And every time they talk about it, he has to go through it. And he's like, oh, but remember, they're safe and effective and, you know, and all this shit. Just <laughs> yeah. so his show doesn't get a strike on YouTube. And, and it's hilarious. Dude, yeah, we just got uh, strikes. We're actually one strike away from YouTube deleting us right now. Yeah. Same. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I'm basically done, man. At this point, it's like I don't even care anymore. Like YouTube is probably gonna clip us by the end of the year. Yeah, that's what we say. Yeah, we can't, we can't even mention COVID nineteen at this point in fear of getting deleted. Yeah, the, 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 apparently the the words we can't say is COVID nineteen, <laughs> Wuhan vaccine, vaccine, fake, fake. <laughs> you can't even. Say <laughs> I got I got it on the other side. I got hit from the Israel side. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, we can't say Jew. <laughs> yeah, I got I got t- in trouble for uh, discussing the six million number and the history of it, and using you know New York Times articles, using publications, and showing, and they still gave me a strike on it. They yeah. don't care. They don't care about the information, and they'll still cite you as misinformation. I mean, YouTube is run by Jews, so yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. So I got <laughs> cited. I got cited for one back when COVID was the debate around whether it was grown in a lab or it was naturally occurring. And now even the mainstream media says it was grown in a lab and that's where it came from. And I still have the strike for it. Yep. And, upload to YouTube. and if yeah. you appeal it, you won't get it removed. Oh God, no, no really? shot. Yeah. I actually called, uh, I tried talking to YouTube support and it's fucking horrible, but yeah. I, I talked to YouTube support and they were like, Oh, like within these, this 10 second segment, within a two hour podcast is a copyright strike. And I was like, what did I say? So they, they showed me what I said. It was about like the election fraud because I was, I was saying like Clint Eugene Curtis made a, a, like a program to flip the votes and electronic voting. And this is like a well-known case. And they're like, yeah, you're, you're like, you know, making like election um, fraud hesitancy or whatever the fuck they use. And they were like, yeah, we, we don't, we can't put this on our platform. You're going to have to, you know, you get a strike. I was like, you couldn't even delete that segment from the video. You just gave me a strike. <laughs> like, that's this is the same people that covered up Bill Clinton for the 2016 election for Hillary from Epstein. 
they they you know tried to railroad trump in 16 they pulled some crazy shenanigans in 2020 but we can't even ask questions yet for four years all the other side did was bombard that the election was invalid right that there was russian collusion there was interference there's no you know but as soon as the they won you couldn't even talk about it or you're misinformation your 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 voice isn't allowed to be heard and fuck that's what we talked about before right it's that who gets to determine this well here's some masterful censorship that i've seen in the last week from the land to the sea palestine will be free that whole chant that's going on pro-palestinian support an american jew has copyrighted that phrasing so anytime it's used in media he can have it flagged and taken down for copyright use and he can sue them to get money for it. Of course, the fucking what a perfect that's element. Uh, that's oh, a very Jew uh, did that, bro. A very that's small hat thing to do. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, that, that's bro, that's right up par for the course. That's right above their care. Never man. waste a good crisis, as right? they say. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's funny because I saw this clip the other day, and Biden just came out and said it, and he's basically like, you know, if if everything that we do, it either has to give us political gains or profits and you're like well yeah you look at every law or act or whatever they're putting in or policy it's all for them the, the you know the parasite class to either gain political power or gain profit mm -hmm. and it's like their playbook and it's that you know it's that babylonian money magic that soul snatching that they do that I just, it's so blatant and obvious that I don't know how some people can't see it anymore. Dude, I get so frustrated, like, like boiling blood type of frustrated when I tell my coworkers or anybody what's going on. I'm like, do you not know about this? And every single one of them tell me, I just, I just, I just can't, you know, I just, I just don't want to worry about it right now. I'm just stressed thinking about it. whatever fucking excuse they have for that. I'm like, do you not realize what's going on? And I tell them, I'm like, you might not have the, you might be busy, you know, going to college or whatever. But even if you take like five, 10 minutes out of your day, just to inform yourself would be like the greatest gift to you. Cause that the intelligence allows you to choose who you want to vote for. And what we've learned now is like you've mentioned, this influence peddling has been going around for decades at this point. Apparently, Barack Obama was doing it. Uh, the Clintons were doing it. And now we got Joseph Biden doing it all within their little web of tree. Um, and I'm like, if you just take five, 10 minutes out of your day, you'd become a much more educated person. And I don't like to use this word very often, but I feel like the majority of people are blatantly ignorant. And, and, and it really took me a minute to understand like what the word ignorant means, because I think when you say ignorant, you're, somebody thinks like calling them stupid. I'm like, no, if you look at the word ignorant, it's ignorant. You're completely ignoring the truth. And these people, if you put the truth right in front of their faces, they'll still say, no, nah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you know why? The problem is, is that in America, Americans love to believe that they're educated, not when in reality, they've just been indoctrinated, right? Mm -hmm. If you've gone and the higher you go, in the education system, the more indoctrinated you become, the more willing to buy in you become. 
And those are the people that you cannot talk common sense to because it breaks their paradigm, right? And it's outside of that cognitive dissonance. They can't do it. And 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 that's the tough part. I I fall for the same thing at work. You know, I I, I work in a you know a corporate environment, and the guys I work with are all you know late fifties, early sixties, and they are all in line for their shot. You know, they were all in, you know masking up and all this stuff. And I I I would tell them, you know, like little things here and there, not trying to like wake them up. But just like, hey, look at this article. Hey, look at this study. Look at this. And they're like, oh, where'd you where'd you get those? You know, what's your source on that? And I'm oh, like, you well, got that off the internet, huh? Well, yeah, this is from a Stanford doctor. <laughs> so I, I think you might know a thing or two, you know. And they're like, oh no, no, that's that right wing bullshit. And then the, the best part was, <laughs> like, three years later, in just this past year, a couple of them said. You know, I wish I listened to you a little bit. I thought you were, I thought you were crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you did, didn't you? And I could tell. And I'm like, and but hey, I'm still gonna keep just throwing little bits out there. You can call me because I was the Trump guy, you know, because I just I wouldn't <laughs> buy the mainstream. And they've got it, people so occupied though, Matt, that people don't think they can even sit down for five and ten minutes and just look into something, something yeah. that someone's presented to them. Their life is so bogged down in work kids paying bills they've got all these worries about the world and the system they've been brought up in they don't even think they can find five or ten minutes and that's the saddest thing they think their time is completely consumed yeah yeah i mean that's definitely a reality a lot a lot here too because we're in new york city everyone got somewhere to be yep. you know what i mean it's just like it's a it's a very you know it is a sad thing that you don't have five or ten minutes to but that's work. part of the trap because you do have five or ten minutes yeah you do you yeah are just in the rat race and it's not high enough on your priority list. Right. And that's what it boils down to. You, you are so embedded in the system that the system takes over your sovereignty in a sense, right? Because you're so locked into, you know, I got to do this in this time frame. I got to get the kids to bed. And then after bed, I, I just, I got to watch my shows, you know, my programming yeah, and, and things <laughs> like that. And it's, that's what they've, They've done a masterful job at this system. You know, they've created free slaves. You know, we are we are free slaves in, in a sense because of their their financial system. And they have us by the balls. And and most people now, both members, you know, husband and wife both have to work. So that even adds more stress or they've led us to believe that the husband and the wife have to work when, in, you know, but in today's economy. The husband and the wife do both have to work because it, the inflation is just <laughs> so astronomical. Yeah. I mean, I went to the, gro the grocery store the other day and I've been kind of tracking things in my head and bacon was hovering around like seven bucks for the longest time. It was uh, $14 the other day oh, shit. for fucking uh, shitty Oscar Mayer bacon. I'm like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here, man. The fuck is in that? I, bacon? I want a whole pig for fourteen bucks, dude. Jesus. What is going on? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, that's crazy. You think the prices are bad there? You would shit your pants oh, if you see the prices over oh, here. Uh, dude, I don't even want to. I don't even want to. I, I don't know how you guys do it, man. Like, it just from the the sticker shock itself. When I've gone into the city, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah. People in the city are worse, and they don't actually go into a, a, a greengrocer's or a, a somewhere to buy the ingredients and make themselves. They do Uber Eats. 
Bread and circuses of today are literally isolated to a people's person's house. The Coliseum's on a small black box and someone knocks on the door with their bread. Yeah, They yeah. don't even have the uh, the initiative to get their ass off the couch, go down the street, buy some ingredients and make a meal. It's all delivered to them. It's like a pig's at a trough and the guy's coming up with a bucket and emptying it for us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And that's actually voluntary. But actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I believe uh, just recently they announced a bill which would make it completely involuntary. I think um, I, I want to say Kathy Holcher or, or whatever government official in New York just uh, they just came out with a bill that would forcibly put people inside of uh, inside of quarantine or essentially a concentration camp. Yeah. If they deem them to be a risk to society. And you, I mean, you can say anybody's a risk to society, but I think we know like where that's going. You know, if you have a virus or an infection. They can take you from your home and forcibly put you in whatever environment they want to put you. You can't leave, you know, nothing. You're getting food delivered straight to your door. It's just like you and said. And if you have children, they will take your children and place them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you know who they're going to target first? That Sheila who thought the monocle was on the Monopoly man. Yeah, they're going to get her. <laughs> they're going after her first. <laughs> hard on her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here, here's that thing you were, you guys were talking about. I just found the clip. Cause she's, she's fucking insane, man. This is like, <laughs> yeah. she's oh got it. She is somewhere on the Soros family tree. Very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms. And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. Because personal security is about everything for them. As I said, no one walking down the street or in a subway They'd feel they have to find to hide the, any indications of what their religious beliefs are. We expect to see people celebrating their lives, walking about freely, and that is no longer the case because people are living in fear. They have a right to do whatever they want here in the state of New York. Living in fear, okay. So you're going to lock people up who you deem to be a threat to society. How far away is that from the cost-benefit analysis of it's costing us too much to keep these right-wingers or these conspiracy theorists in their house. Maybe we should just kill them because it's cheaper. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not that far off, Drew. You joke Hello, about death it. panels. Here they come. Canada's on the, foot fr- on the front with that. You guys are next. Yeah, these people, like, they're, I don't know, man. These people are chronically online. To be, like, having, like, scared of whatever anyone else says online that they're, like have to be shielded and helped by the government by what people say online is wild you should not have like, words act- hurt though words hurt <laughs> well what is big. crazy is i was looking at i don't know if you guys heard about the the 2023 digital equity act or digital equity plan which is like the biden administration uh congress ordered that basically the fcc to take more control over the internet and the reason being it's under the caveat to prevent and eliminate digital discrimination. What the fuck now, does the that kick- mean? <laughs> now, now the kicker is 
when they did research, they found no evidence of digital discrimination. So why are we creating a law for something that doesn't exist? Mm, right. It's just because net neutrality failed. That's why. And that's what this is. The, the, exactly. They said this is net neutrality 2.0. Right. This is the the rebirth of it because it failed under a different skin. Just yep. calling it bill. Hey, it's digital equity. It's not net, net neutrality. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. We're not well, net. that's that's the other scam. Right. They love that inversion of the names. Right. These these groups that are supposed to help, they're always just stealing and 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 pilfering money. The the Equity Act. No, it ends up screwing somebody over. There's no equity or you see equality in the acts. Yeah. Good luck or discrimination, racism. Mm -hmm. These are all just social constructs that they use to, you know, move the needle, so to speak, or tighten their control on power. I wanted to ask clearly based cost. Sorry, Mike, go for it. No, I was gonna ask, like, what do they, what do they define as digital discrimination? I've never heard that before. <laughs> it is, um, it's anything that has to do with discrimination against people for sex, religion, race. The only thing they don't include is sexuality, which I was shocked at. But yeah, or income—that's the other thing that you cannot. So what they're basically saying is, is that these cable companies are not building the infrastructure in lower income areas because the lower income areas aren't purchasing the service. So why would I bring service to you if you're not going to buy service? I'm going to therefore invest my equipment and my infrastructure into the customers that are going to buy it. And now under the Biden plan, they want you to offer the same thing to those that aren't going to buy it as those that are. What? That and if you don't, it's digital discrimination. What? And you you can be fined. You can be, you know, and if you, you go into like this negotiation with them and if they say, okay, here's what you have to do. Even if you show them that it's not economically feasible to do this, they can still say, no, we want you to do it. So it's, it's just such. It's so such is it a case of like a company wanting to build a server banks in say, downtown detroit where it's a high crime area but they don't want to because it's you know dangerous there and you know the place could be broken into if they don't want to build that infrastructure there they can get fined for it correct under under the guise of discrimination because that <laughs> it's a low-income area and you're offering it to the high-income area and so it's it's all nonsense you know like think you about that think about the logic it's that and that's what drives me nuts about all these things they're so illogical that they make, like you were saying before, they make your blood boil. Like, come on, man. It's like, you're going to force us all onto electric vehicles when you know the grid can't support it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, what are we doing here? Clearly, I've never been on the internet as well, because you think the internet's the most diverse place in the world. It's practically all porn that's multiracial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. It's the most diverse it's ever been. If yep. you ask me. Everything's out there. Yeah. I guess they just don't like people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this, you know, online is probably the most raw besides like in person of like, like the human conscious scope that you will see. Like everything's happening on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, if yeah. You're, if you're going to censor that, then, you know, might as well just delete the Internet because who's going to go on the Internet anymore if all you can do is just say nice things to people all the time? And, and I've got a theory. 
who determines Sorry. what's nice things, right? You could be you yeah. could be saying something like, like I, I mean, for example, there's this wrestler, uh, professional wrestler, and he he goes by the moniker "I'm your scumbag," right? He's the scumbag for the people. Everybody loves him, but he's he's yours. So I put that in my post. I say, "Yeah, you're our scumbag. Love what you're doing, brother." And Instagram said, well, this this uh, comment is flagged for hate speech. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, what? A, wait a second. This is fucking this is ridiculous. <laughs> I've got a theory as to why they're coming down so hard on the social media presence and the digital world in general. And it kind of ties back into this Civil War movie and leave the world behind. It's almost as if humans are only allowed to get to a certain point before they have to knock us back to the Stone Age. Like the golden age isn't like an age of um, prosperity. It's an age of enlightenment where the average person has more knowledge than the people who actually control the world. And if we ever get that same level of knowledge, they're no longer in control. So it's like they purposely have to flip the switch and reset us, send us back to the stone age so that we can be easily controlled again. Because like it or not, the internet is a genie that got out of the bottle for them. They Mm. had an intention for it to be a closed system to be used by them. And everyone's using it now. Sure, most of it's cat videos now, but there's a lot of great information coming out through the likes of our shows. And yep. they don't like that. Yeah. It's the conversations and the learning in real time that that's really the biggest threat to them. That's actually a really, really, really interesting point too. I, I think um, I heard something very similar to that in a different scope. I think it was uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, the, one of the presidential candidates that are coming up. Um, he was in an interview um, and they were criticizing him for some of his comments relating to he was saying, like, you know, we're in the best place when it comes to diversity and racism that we've ever been in, in a while. And there are people who were saying, no, no, we're, we're horrible right now. And the point he was bringing up is like, you know, it's, it's really funny how once we reach a point and the best point we've ever been, like almost the pinnacle of the point where, where you know, we're at the, at the point where Martin Luther King would have dreamed of. It's funny how when we get to that point is when people want to come forward and say, you know, racism is all around and all this stuff. It's almost like they don't want us to be in that unity phase. Like when we get closer, it's like a threat to society for some reason. And so just like recently, you know, we've we've since ever since, you know, the 60s and moving forward, we've been making progress. But right when we reach this point, when a lot of people just stop looking at race, we start seeing these projections in media that there's a race war and white on black crime and whatnot. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting to see. It's almost like they don't want us to be unified. Like there's something dangerous about all yeah. races coming together and just being okay. And just like you said, it's like if if we maybe pressed upon that it's maybe a threat and it feels like they're trying to set us back even more by injecting this almost like artificial racism into our society dude that's what i was gonna say i've been on twitter recently and i think twitter thinks i'm racist or something because they just give me these threads where like these people are going in on each other you know what i mean and i'm like does this even fucking real does are these people real every time i click on their profile they have like no followers they have like a picture of like a, a meme or something I'm like, you know, these people can't be fucking real. You know what I mean? And then they go through, you know, comments and, you know, they have one for the white people and then they have one for the black people and then they have another section for the Asian people. It's crazy. I'm just like, nah, this can't be fucking real. That has, this has to, you know, I, I mean, obviously there's some people who still think like that, but I don't think it's at the point where there's threads being publicly posted on Twitter 
where people are really talking like crazy shit. I I, th- I think to be honest, like like Sean said, you know, you get to this point, there's like, okay, now nah, we need to inject something in there, make it like you know fussed up so that we can keep making more laws to enforce more things. Because if there's nothing going on, we can't make laws about it. Well, and I I think that goes back to what we're taught in history too. Because if you look at what the majority of what you're taught in history, it's wars, it's battles, it's conflicts. And it's almost like they're trying to get it in your head that man has to always be in conflict. Man cannot be at peace at any time. You know, no matter where you go in the world, there's always going to be some sort of battle going on and this internal struggle between man when I, I think it's more along the lines like you were saying and what Drew was saying before, I think at certain points we get to this point where people humanity starts coming together and they have to shake that hornet's nest up and and get us all stirred up again because they can't have that there's no way to profit off of fear right and there's no way that if we get to a certain level of intelligence that they can then control i don't even think it's intelligence it's like a a, a spiritual intelligent yeah. connection you know mhm it's like they don't yeah, want yeah. us to beat the game. We constantly have to keep playing the game through all the way up to the last level, but then they keep giving us add-ons and they give us subscriptions. We have to and buy in all the time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Download the latest update. Latest DLC. Yeah. Race yeah. Wars. Yeah, race Wars. <laughs> Coming out this year. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, let's check out... I don't know. I know you guys hadn't really... Uh, I haven't heard of like deep into it, but there's this movie. It's supposedly the sequel to uh, leave the world behind. And it's called civil war shockingly. And it's coming out the spring of 2024. So we'll watch the trailer for this. And uh, if this doesn't tickle your predictive programming senses, actually, you know what? Let me get you a better one. That one sucks. <laughs> You can't hear it. Let's go. Uh, Google uh, Civil War. Here we go. If there isn't a single soldier with purple hair, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, there is. Pink <laughs> glasses, too. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. I'm guys aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news, seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. You need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. Bloody. Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. Hey, green but here we are. There's some kind hair. of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? Mm. You don't know? <laughs> the Western 
forces will reach the White House on July 4th. Oh my god. Get in the car! Get in the car! Move, move, move! We're gonna hang back. I'm not hanging back. One nation under God. Indivisible. With liberty and justice for all. God bless America. Of 24. Here we go. I already say some race war stuff there. I can guarantee you the bad guys in that are going to be majority white. Yes. (laughs) Like that guy. Oh, what kind of Americans are you? Well, that it's interesting. Come on. It's interesting you say that because what what popped into my mind when I heard that was this whole uh, immigration crisis. Right. And one of the things that they're they're throwing out there as as a possible idea is that these immigrants could become part of the military, serve, and then gain citizenship through four years of military service. Oh my so god. What's I'm... to say that they don't, you know, turn the because I heard uh Rob Bernstein on the Dave Smith podcast talk about this. And he said when empires or governments start to fade or, or lose power, it's because their military isn't going to enforce every one of their policies. Like if the government today said to turn on the citizens, it would face a pretty heavy resistance now if that military was now made up of a large segment of immigrants who have no ties to the u.s they would be a lot more likely to turn on the u.s citizen because they have no ties to them it's like the barbarians of rome rome fell within because they had the gauls and the visigoths as a part of their forces and they were quicker to turn on the empire it's ironic because we're seeing that across the western world with our militaries that for whatever reason, they're finding it hard to recruit, so they have to put out the feelers to other countries and let foreigners join their their military now. Oh my god, man, that's so. Yo, does that does anyone not like learn from that? Like that's that's how you compromise, like a military. You know, you 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 start outsourcing your hiring to yeah to people who really don't give a shit about you know where they live at. You know what I mean? And, and what is the government going to say? They're say, well, for years we haven't met our recruitment numbers, so this is the only option we have. And they come in as the good guy, right? They're like, oh, we're just filling a need that we have because the American doesn't want to do it anymore. And it's just – it's a slippery slope, man, because it gets – because I always laugh at you know the, the conspiracy and paranoid people that say, oh, the UN's going to come take over America. It's like, guys – those motherfuckers don't stand a chance. We have the largest standing militia of mm-hmm. armed citizens that if these idiots in blue helmets come in, they're just going to get destroyed. Now, <laughs> you take American soldiers, that's a different story. And, and especially American soldiers that are dressed as Americans, but they're immigrants. Yeah. yeah have you Even seen just with- Americans against Americans, man. I think that's the whole idea behind civil war and leave the world behind. It's making everyone deaf, dumb, and blind to what's actually going on and people turn on one another, especially with a highly armed population like you guys have got. The only way America's going to fall is from within. Yep. Your top dog, your biggest kid on the street for a reason. No one's going to attack you from the outside. It has to be from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And that's what Yuri Bezmenov said in the early 80s, right? He talked about that 
And he said, you know, this is a plan that is underway to slowly infiltrate the United States and destroy it from within. We're not going to invade you. It's 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 not plausible, but we can get our claws inside of you and and like a parasite eat you from the inside out. Yeah, I think that's what um I mean I I've I've only really heard about it. I still have to watch it, but I think that was like the main message behind Leave This World Behind is like, you know, there are other ways beyond nuclear attacks to destroy an entire country, a whole civilization. We've seen it with our biochemical weapons, but we can also see it with this by by essentially hijacking our entire militia. And I want to point out too, like you mentioned, you know, four years of military service isn't very long. Four years is just one election cycle for the next president. So imagine if you take all those immigrants or a large majority of them, just put them through military process. In the next election cycle, you just you'll have your your a huge populace for your vote. A lot of them are probably going to vote for the people who let them in to this very country. Yeah. And, you know, another thing on top of that, too, you know, during the whole um, the, you know, January uh, 6th events, I believe the government came out and said terrorists aren't our biggest threat. Apparently, it's it's the American people or insurrectionists, they call them, which were were the biggest threats. White nationalists. White nationalists. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's another boogeyman, right? That's another social construct that they've created, that there's this, you know, underlying white nationalism. And the, the and that's what I got into in the the whole immigration, because there's this idea of they call it demographics is destiny. And what they're saying is that this migration is natural. It's it's part of the flow of humanity when we all can tell that this isn't a natural migration of people they're they're you know just look at the graph yeah like 14 fucking charter buses came here the other day uh without notice and they were like oh uh you're gonna then mayor mcadams which i don't even know how he's a mayor right now um (laughs) he he was like oh listen this is too much you have to notify us 36 hours in advance now instead of stopping it he was like oh you got to notify us now like, well, and we, we can't afford this shit. <laughs> and like you said, what did they do? They they decided, OK, we're going to take money out of the education budget and mm-hmm. we're going to subsidize these people now. So now we're going to screw the taxpayers. Yeah. So so also another thing they imposed, there was like, oh, you know, if, you know, we got to pay for all these new people. So we just need to raise taxes on the rich people. But then we all know that doesn't really work and it goes back to us. So now we're going to be paying more money for regular shit again. Yep. Yeah. Rich people means middle class because they're better than rich. They are way better than the rich. So they're not in that whole pay bracket. <laughs> you mentioned sweet. Yuri Bezmenov before, Matt. And it makes me wonder whether we all go through a cycle of we get to a point where people are fat and lazy and you get to this social issue of wokeness and you get these purple haired, blue haired freaks getting around that really bring down society with their weird policies. Is that why kids are afraid of clowns? And clowns are that historical, like genetic memory of weirdos in society that have brought down the culture from within. Is does this? Are we saying that this is this trans is a repeat in a cycle from previous eras? Possibly. Well, once we get to a certain wrong, point, because this is it, it. I mean, if we're going cycle wise, this is what brought down Germany. I mean, the perversion in Bavaria. Uh, you read about that stuff and the shit that was going on in Germany at the time. And it was a lot like America now with the just, you know, 
uh, free, you know, love open, you know, not, not like that in that sense, like the sixties, but like perverted shit, like just giant, massive orgies and just shit you hear about in Roman times and the inversion of, uh, you know, there's a, a ton of homosexuality and things like that, that just really threw the population upside down. And that's one of the things Hitler came in to kind of clean up was that, they were destroying the society from within. The Romans yeah. even had the argument for that population collapse. They said that they didn't have enough people having families, so they couldn't actually bolster the Roman army. And that's why they started hiring mercenaries from the outside. We're kind of seeing that now in the West. Our populations are apparently that low. We need migrant workers. We need people to fill our economies. And then no one's going into the military. So now we're offering possibly four-year fixed term in the military to get your citizenship. History's rhyming. It's certainly repeating. Oh, man. It's not looking good for us over here. <laughs> it's not looking good over here. Oh, my God. It's really crazy in New York City right now. And you mentioned, too, the... um. <clears throat> You mentioned too how they were like slashing uh, the education fund to to fund these immigrants, and it's just so funny to see when you actually make the statistical comparison. Um, they apparently this is broad figures. I don't want anybody to quote me on this, but apparently it took several, however many billion, out of the education fund, and they said it would need approximately twelve billion dollars to solve the migrant crisis in New York City right now. Apparently, there's only around maybe two hundred thousand migrants that have arrived in New York City and somebody did the math online and they said essentially compared to the 2 million kids and the New York City public education, each migrant is allocated somewhere around, again, a broad figure number, like 300 or $200,000 per migrant. They, they were saying would need to fix this or hold this issue up. And compared to <laughs> compared to the number of kids in public school, the 2 million, they're essentially saying it only takes $2,000 per kid to educate them throughout their entire education history. So we're allocating $200,000 per migrant as opposed to $2,000 per kid, American kids in our public education system. So when you look at that statistically, again, the numbers don't lie. Just look at the stats. Which, which demographic are they caring for? Are they putting more resources and money into right now? It's, it's, it's not us. It's not the people which are the, the ones that should always come first, which, I mean, say what you want about him, but Trump said America comes first. It, it It's just completely like, I feel like our gaze has gone from, you know, what's best for America to what's best for this this weird, I don't system. know. This, yeah, this whatever system. It is. Yeah, I, well, I personally think that uh, they know that the regular American citizen is starting to wake up and they're like, okay, we can't have this in our country. Let's bring in people. Let's bring in new people and, you know, let's, let's restart the roster again. You know what I mean? Because, you know, the regular, you know, the regular people over here, you know, we got, we got, you know, we got guns. We're strapped up over here, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, I personally think that uh, we're, they, they probably have someone that measures like the conscious level of like their citizens and like, okay, maybe it's a little too high right now. Uh, I don't like this. Let's, let's bring in new people and then, you know, have them work for their citizenship. Let's take care of them first and see what happens that's some scary that's some crazy shit man this is stuff you hear about in movies and yes. books <laughs> you know yeah it's it's all it's all like yeah it's all fiction stuff and the craziest part about it is they act like this isn't something they look into 
there's a document from uh, 2000 and it's called replacement migration. And it was done by the, it's a study done by the UN and they basically looked and they said, yeah, there's going to be declining population numbers in America specifically and specifically amongst the non-Hispanic white population. And they said, you know, in order to backfill and and that also included the age demographic because a lot of the boomers are going to start dying off too. And they said, well, we're going to need, America's going to need about 40,000 migrants a year, which <laughs> sounds rational. You know, we're getting 40,000 a day, yeah. <laughs> you know, in doesn't, some of these caravans. Doesn't that go by another name? The Calgary plan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you say that, you're racist. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This will get taken <laughs> off YouTube. Right. Yeah. yeah. Strike. <laughs> they strike this right now. We didn't post it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're pre-striking you. Yeah. yeah they're pre-striking us. <laughs> it's, but it's unbelievable. You know, you can't. You can't make sense of it because it just it just it's so illogical. It's it's this total inversion of things. And and the biggest thing is that separation from natural and pushing us into this synthetic realm, whether it's, you know, literal in the metaverse sense or it's our food. It's, you know, our pharmaceuticals versus plant medicine. You know, it's all these things that they've set up this system very well, again, for political gains and profit at the expense of the people. Mm -hmm. And they don't care. No. Yeah, they started printing like this, these, these, like these steaks, like, you know, like this, like some synthetic snake steaks. Oh, yeah. The, they the started, lab grown ones. Yeah, yeah. The, they started printing oh. fucking steaks. That shit looked horrible. And you like, know what yeah, cancer cells. It, yeah, that's what it is. And they like inject it with color so it kind of looks like me. And yeah. Dude, it reminds me of that episode of SpongeBob when you took a bite of the Krabby Patty and it was just gray. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. What that's, that's what they're serving now. Bill Gates had, you know, he bought all this fucking farmland and now he's a farmer. Bill Gates is everything. He's a jack of all trades now. He's no longer a person who does Microsoft things. He's now. The philanthropist of the world. <laughs> it's like he's the synthetic version of everything. Yeah. Have you seen the guy's chicken wings? 3D printed chicken wings, and they've been out of the fridge for like two hours and they start moving under their own volition. Oh <laughs> it looks like something from a Ridley Scott alien. Well, film. It, what what's what's worse? Is it that or when you the lady that took Chick-fil-A and she left it out for, and in three month integrals checked on it, and after six months. There was the tiniest speck of mold on one of her chicken nuggets. The sandwich, the fries, the chicken, none of it had mold on it. Yet she had a, you know, a natural chicken wing that she bought at the grocery store and and left that out and it was just covered in mold. Even the mold. The yeah. <laughs> Right, it's like yo, I don't know. Nah, I don't, know I don't fuck that. with that. That's <laughs> like the, when you the... when you throw shit on the ground and the ants won't eat it, you know, or the birds <laughs> won't take it. You're like, oh man, why am I eating this shit? <laughs> the the best experiment you do with students in a school is you put out butter and you put out margarine. You watch which ones the ants go to. They avoid yes. the margarine like the plague. Wow, yeah. not go anywhere near it. Wow. <laughs> that tells you something, man. They sense something in there. They're like, no, whatever is in there. They ain't looking good. They got they got some nasty shit going on. 
what what's scaring me recently though i think it's come out and they've probably been doing this for a while so let me just say that um but recently i heard that they're going to farms and they're euthanizing like millions of chickens millions of of, of breedable cows cows ready to be you know harvested um they're dumping hundreds of thousands of gallons of milk and again they've been doing this for a while now but i think farmers now are are, are starting to catch up to this and they're saying that something suspicious is really going on right now in our agricultural field and again in these movies that you've shown in the civil war one and many other movies they've shown um the 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 deceleration of our food production system and that's like the backbone of our country so it's kind of funny when you when you see these these movies that are coming out and they're saying exactly how these things are going to go down and slowly but surely you're seeing it within society our food apparently is bad and Bill Gates is probably going to take over with his new genetically modified foods and save us from from starvation. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And what they call it, and I recently learned this as well, but what they call it is revelation of the method yes. where they show you it in the movies and they do it in real life. So apparently that they don't consume the karma that's associated with doing this to their own civilians on yeah. purpose. It's like a way of letting you know, hey, I'm going to slap you in the face in a few months. <laughs> But I let you know. You know. I'm I letting you know you. now. <laughs> so they, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's like it's like I'm telling you, I'm gonna slap you in the face, and if I slap you in the face, it's on you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what they do with this stuff. It's, it's. I don't know how much the whole karmic thing plays in because I don't think these people are fucking human entities to begin with. I don't think they have <laughs> karma. I don't think they have souls. I don't think you know. I think these are just fucking beings. Just, but. I, I do agree with that. I think that they do slowly let you see it and it becomes regular. It becomes subconscious in your brain. And then when it does roll out, you're like, oh, yeah, we, I saw that in a movie years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not so much a revelation of the method or a prophecy that's coming true. They're actually creating it and making it happen. And you just don't notice. Like, like how many times in- yeah, like how many times have you seen a movie where there's massive food shortages and people have to resort to cannibalism because all the animals are dead? Well, through the greenhouse emission schemes across Europe, Ireland's one country alone that over the space of 10 weeks had to put down 41,000 cows because they'd signed the country up to this deal. So farmers had these dairy cows, beef cows, all euthanized so they could meet their emissions target schemes. Well, if you start to eliminate those types of numbers worldwide in each country, and suddenly you're going to have a food shortage in the near future. Meanwhile, these parasites are traveling on on jets, creating more emissions than those cows would ever let out. But we're not going to exactly. go. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sooner or later, we're going to be eating those pelts. Those pellets. <laughs> pellets. Yeah, it comes down in one pellet. It's all the nutrients. Like, yeah, it's like Snowpiercer, right? They give you that little whatever that food is they're giving people, and that's that's <laughs> it get. now, guys. This is what you get. You eat it and you like it. <laughs> well, now they're saying um, humans are one of the biggest cause of CO two emission or something. Yes. Yep. I, I Stop breathing. I post that. Oh, no, there we just... go. We just start no. getting rid of migrants. Then that's the answer, isn't it? <laughs> you want to? Well, hey guys, this... you guys, breathing is contributing to global warming. Yeah. What? <laughs> they have been on a depopulation mission since paperclip. And it's, it's, it's out there. Like there's a, there's an article, uh, a, it's a report, uh, by Henry Kissinger and his group from, I think it's 1974. And it's all about 
depopulation and how do they control not only the U.S. population, but the world population so that the U.S. stays in a position of power. And they go through and and talk about all the different things that they need to do, you know, setting up birth control and this and that and Planned Parenthood and family planning for all these people. And it's it's an agenda. You know, it's it's like you said, it's not something they're going to come in and say, OK, we need to get rid of 100,000 people right now. But they'll find a way to get rid of those hundred thousand slowly, so you won't even notice. Yeah, exactly. I actually had an argument with a few people. It was like, "Oh, you think they're just gonna kill out all all at once?" And I was like, "Well, no, that's too obvious, you know." Yep. You, you, they're gonna do it in your sleep, and then you're gonna wake up and be like, "Damn, where's Jim from work? He's gone." <laughs> like, you know, like that's how it is. Yeah, it's mafia style. They're gonna go Sopranos on you. You know, you're just gonna <laughs> disappear in the night and. They'll never find you again. <laughs> Ultimately, that's the whole fear porn thing behind Leave the World Behind, that film. It's it's confronting, it's scary, the potentiality that they could do with the mechanisms they have at their disposal. But they won't do it like that. They're going to have that slow mission creep of these people have decades. They have hundreds of years planned out, ready to go. They don't care if it takes another 20, 30 years. They're going to get to it, but they're going to make it happen so slow and so incrementally, you won't notice it's happening. Because the whole time we're too concerned about a Netflix movie, creating podcasts about it, being scared to do anything about what's actually <laughs> happening now. That's true. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's funny about that is, is they've done this all along, right? I found this movie from 1934. It's called The House of Rothschilds. And it's their story of them screwing over England and taking over their whole country. And they're like bragging about it in this movie about how great of a move it was by them and you know how how great business people these Rothschilds are and they they you know they beat the system and it it's it's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was a big favorite amongst the SS, apparently. Yes. Yes. It was his top ten on their billboard, whatever that is. Oh my god. But I don't know, man. It's it's just it's crazy. Uh, you guys got anything else you want to hit on? Hmm. Well, I know you wanted to talk about the the Disney thing. Yo. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, if you wanted to touch up on that. <laughs> well, what I was I, actually here, I'll play this little clip. I Because this is what sparked it in my mind was Disney. how everyone's all about Disney and everything. And they, you know, one of my first episodes was Disney because that was kind of the rabbit hole that opened my eyes like holy shit if disney's in on this everybody is <laughs> and so this little this little video right here is wild disney is very much heavily involved in mk ultra mind control has been from the start disney was associated with project paperclip that brought the nazi and fascist scientists into the u.s and with them came MK Ultra Mind Control and the formula for application of it. So Disney's been deliberately involved in it right from the get-go. Oh, not just that. Did you know that Walt Disney is also a 33rd degree Mason? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 specialized in mind control. Like that was his thing. And I've actually, I don't know if you've been to Disney World, but um the number 33 is very prominent around Disney World. I remember seeing that as a kid. And I'll be like, hey, what's 33 got to do with anything? Well, he yeah. has a club 33. That's like an elite club, right? You yeah. have to pay, take a guess, $33,000 annual dues 
And then in addition, there's like a wait list of like 20 years for people that want to get into this club that just can't. Yeah. <laughs> you get special benefits. And uh, then did you weird. hear the recent stuff? I mean, this is, you know, not recent now, but like near future Disney had cruise lines that would go to Epstein Island yeah. for quote unquote snorkeling excursions. Yeah. We literally did a video on that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't put that snorkel in your mouth. Do not Dude. put that snorkel in your mouth. <laughs> like, I mean, how much more blatant does it have to be? And then you look at the, like you were talking about before what they're pushing out there, Drew. I mean, this new, they're going to totally destroy Star Wars. They have this new, Oh my liberal lefty tie lady that already said she's going to make it uncomfortable for star Wars fans. Like, There's what are we doing? Needs to save the galaxy or something. Yeah. She's saying. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be, she's some... going to make worse. She's going to make the George Lucas edits look worse than they were when he went and put all the digital effects in after the fact, she's probably going to go back through put blush and eyeliner on Jabba the Hutt and make him a, binary transgender space slug because uh, <laughs> oh, he looks yeah. the part he looks like most of them getting around on the streets today but yeah. it's the idea of it's destroying the culture as well something that's been a a cultural mecca for lots of boys young girls that to share the love of something and, and come together on something and have fun with it they have to destroy it completely and they have to wipe mm -hmm. it out of the consciousness of the people watching it but Disney, to a bigger extent, like you said before, the MK Ultra that they've always kind of been in on, you look at the majority of the early Disney films, there's always a traumatic event at the start of the film. A parent yeah. dies, a sibling's dead. Something occurs that, as a viewer, makes you connect trauma-based to that character. And I think it's a bit, it goes back a lot further than even Disney, because a lot of the Disney films are based off Germanic folk tales, like Hans Christian Anderson, a lot of those older books. If you've ever read the originals, they are a lot darker than Disney. But Disney just spins it in a nice little package that gets people hooked and um, in line with the characters that a book can't really do. They put it in like that visual sense that seems very MK Ultra-ish. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. Comes from though, like the origins of it. I feel like I'm a, I'm a firm believer in you know like energetics and the conservation of energy, and I believe you know like if you coming from something so, as you said, I don't know if demonic or, or just strange, it, there's still a little bit of that energy, I guess, in a way. It's just kind of masked in a, in a different light. So it's kind of weird. It's almost like a, it's almost like a Trojan horse, I kind of think of. Like they're painting it as this pretty picture, but re real life, there's just this like deeper meaning that reaches your subconscious. And I think they've been doing the, that for a very, very long time. Yeah, knowing. there's a lot of subliminal messages in the old, you know, Disney movies and things like that. Like, it's, it's, it's really fucked up shit going on in Disney, you know? <laughs> they do have their own self-government. I remember going yeah. there and they, I remember going there like when I was a kid and I was like, why is like the, why did they have different police than the regular police? You know, it was like, it was just weird questions I had when I was like 12. <laughs> no one ever dies at Disney. Okay. Everywhere they always get them off the premises and then they will <laughs> pronounce them dead there. But there you will never get anyone pronounced dead in Disney. Oh wow. That's interesting. That, that's one of the rackets they have going there. Yeah, it's it's wild. And then you you know, you start thinking about all the underground tunnels and you've heard yeah. horror stories about that at Disney. And again, it's kind of an inversion, right? What do they call it? The happiest place on earth. When in reality, 
like we you just said, Drew, I mean, I, I remember looking at a study from about a 20 to 25 year period and 93 percent of the of the child characters in, endured not only one, but multiple instances of trauma or abuse. And these this is child's programming, right? I mean, uh, this is what they're doing. They're getting this into kids. I mean, think about it. Like Bambi, why did the, his mother have to die? You know, like Lion King, there's all these deaths and darkness and, and they, you know, it's, it's really traumatic to people, to kids, but how, what do they do? They wrap it up in song, bright colors, animation, and they package it nicely. It's almost trauma-based mind control to try and get people to trust the system more than they do their family. Mm -hmm. They present to you a story of your parents dying and what does the character do? The character always finds a friendship with a stranger and the stranger takes care of them. It's like the stranger, the Timon and the Pumbaa of the Lion King are the government. Wow. His family dies and he meets a stranger who then looks after him. It's always someone outside of the family that helps raise the kid and build them up. So it's oh. telling you unofficially that if your parents die, the system's always going to be there to protect you and always look after you. Someone will pick you up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. The, that's the memo. That's to the dot of Epstein or just any like prolific pedophile or predator. What they do is they, you know, they assess you. They they make you feel comfortable and then they try to get to understand uh, what you're lacking or what you need. And a lot of people, it's either they, they're lacking the compassion, the love, the parental nature or some people even money. And they'll use that and they'll exploit that. So it's very, very interesting. And in the past, they've done that. I believe there are some CIA projects where they've deduced down, they figured out, you know, if you induce a certain level of trauma, you can kind of just flip somebody's brain like a switch and get them under this weird spell. And it has to be like significant enough trauma. But in, in, in like, it's kind of like the uh, Russian sleep, uh, Russian, what is it? Uh, Russian soldiers, uh, I don't know the sleep, uh, sleep sleeper agents. Yeah, they're just sleeping agents. Yeah, yeah. The sleeper yes. agents. Yeah. <laughs> they said, you know, they they induce enough trauma where you know they'll forget about it for the rest of their lives. But once they once they hit that trauma point again, maybe somewhere along the line, it's almost like they resort back to factory reset, and they and they and they go back into their their programming that that they were instilled with. I. Yeah, to anyone who thinks like MK Ultra is like bullshit. You know, during war, everything is going on. They're trying to find any way to beat their enemies, even though they're in cahoots together to, to do a war to make money. You know, all these experiments, all the things that weren't technically ethical, you know, before war is now just being done. And no one, there's no one to look because there's war going on. So they had like experiments going on. Who knows what the fuck they were doing down there? You know, <laughs> they probably have oh some, they probably have some shit we've never even heard of. And it, it wasn't just the Germans, right? It was the Russians. It was the Americans. Everybody was doing this crazy, like trying to create the super soldier. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and all of these mind control and like like the one when you were talking about that that the I you know monarch mind control came to effect, and that's where they you know they split your personalities so that you have. There's so much trauma that they break you and you now have two personalities and it's legitimate. I mean, there's kids that come out of Disney that have talked about it and 
Uh, it's not something that's frowned upon or because you still have these Disney families, so to speak. These people that no matter what Disney puts out there, they're going to go there every year. <laughs> they're going to, you know, just consume know. the streaming service. Like, yeah, I know. I know. Funnel. Yeah, Disney How many childhood stuff? stars mm -hmm. seem to just have this perfect life when they're kids and they become somewhat uber famous as their careers go on? Then they have that breaking point. And when that breaking point occurs, it's almost as if there's someone else behind the wheel. It's a different person, a different personality. Like it's the original person who's been traumatized and the actor, the actress, the singer that's been famous was the act all along, not yes. the real person. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, they got some fucked up shit going on over there, man. It's, 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 it's scary to see that. I remember as a kid growing up and like watching Shake It Up, like on 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 Disney, and then you know Bella Thorne comes on. She was like, "Yeah, I was being sexually assaulted on the set the whole time," and I was like, "Damn, what the fuck? That's crazy." You know, well, we have Corey Feldman come out and tell us it was the biggest thing in Hollywood, and no one talks about it. At the oh, exact yeah. same time, Epstein was huge, and just. Okay, he's a weird guy, so we're just going to ignore that. And it was in the 80s and 70s, so that's fine. <laughs> so, yo, I don't know, man. This world is 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 weird because now now we're like, uh, well, me and, you know, I'm only 23 now and I'm starting to like really see how the world works. And it's, it's scary. It's like, damn, like this is how it was when I was just minding my business going to school. Like this is how it was the whole time. You know, <laughs> like, well, because you did the right thing, right? You did what you were supposed to do. And that's the scam of the system, right? They've ingrained it into your mind that, you know, you, you go to school, you graduate. If, you know, you're supposed to go to college and then you get married, you buy a house, you have kids, you, you know, just get into our system and just get in as much debt as possible. And then we have our claws in you and there's nothing you can do at that point. Just another victim, you know. It's it's crazy. <laughs> oh man, it's a sad world, man. Yes, it's, it is. Well, it's good that we have outlets like this to talk about, it so we are at least aware of their programming. You know, yeah, because you you feel crazy, right? When you see all this stuff, and you're like, dude, it's right there. They're telling you you're they're doing it, and and you're like, yeah, no shit. But there's people that walk around in this days and don't see any of it they're they're oblivious to any of this stuff going on yeah i just want to grab them and just you know pick them up <laughs> out of the water but sometimes you just can't and that's like the most heartbreaking thing honestly is the fact that sometimes you just can't but yeah, yeah let them walk over that cliff free will you know yeah but no and, and it's gonna you know the the herd is gonna thin so to speak you know People are meant to go directions, I, I really think. I think there are certain people that are here and they're just here to go through the motions. <laughs> now, whether they're human beings or created in a lab or something, who knows? But that's a whole different episode. You want to get into yeah. like orphan trains and all that stuff and cabbage Dude, patch. I've baby. been on the New York subway. I've seen people who look like they were grown in labs for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of people. I, I mean, you. I live in the middle of nowhere and I feel like there's people I just walk by and they're just empty. You just walk by them. Hi. They don't even look, they don't respond. They're just going. And you may not see another person for a day up here. You know, it's not like you get all these, you know, it's not like New York city where you're bumping into people. You can go day without passing by another human up here. But 
yeah it's it's so weird yeah well yeah well just one thing i'll say off of that is some guy it's actually another video that we made um it was about the uh the dysonine goggles where this guy he found this uh this dye um and there's so much speculation behind the story because it's it was a while ago but this guy who found the, this dye and he made these goggles and he reportedly was able to see these electromagnetic fields like higher than we could normally see and one of the reports was that when he looked at some people, they had this beautiful aura around them. But some people he looked at just had nothing. Like they were empty husks of a shell. And that gives me like a bone chilling kind of vibe, like thinking that we could possibly just be walking around people with empty souls or soulless avatars, right? Yeah. yeah. Terrifying. Too. Yeah, no. And and when you start looking into how much they've been into genetics over time right and how much they love to play god it does it would not surprise me if they created beings to be out here just to serve as you know useful idiots so to speak just eaters useless eaters yeah it makes complete sense in my opinion <laughs> it's almost like how in a, a herd of sheep you put an alpaca and the sheep follow the alpaca around thinking they're safe. Is it almost like they're breeding these people to be good, diligent little workers to set the example of that's the norm and everyone just should mm. do what they're doing? Yeah, you need that social proof. You know, if you need that social proof to, to keep the herd in check, because if there's like a thousand people saying you're crazy, you know, you're, they're most likely going to believe the thousand people saying you're crazy, you know? Instead of yeah. the one guy who's looking at everything, he's like, yo, look at this shit. What do you mean? <laughs> you know? <laughs> But that's always the crazy guy in the movies, right? Anybody that talks about this stuff or, you know, it's always this crazy deranged homeless guy that has yeah. all this infinite wisdom, you know, it's, it, <laughs> Don't you got to laugh at it. They, yeah. they have to. And, and even you're hearing Tucker Carlson say it a lot now that these people hate the truth because they, they don't live by it. They don't live by the truth. They live in this synthetic I hate to say satanic. It's more of a demonic realm of mm. dark energy, you know, and that's where they thrive. They don't, they don't like truth. They don't like facts. They want you to believe you want, they want you to trust science. Yeah. These people are, you know, they know what they're doing. These people are not just like businessmen or whatever. I think that, you know, these people are into weird shit, like weird religions and things like that. You know, they know how to work what they're doing. I mean, they've been doing it for thousands of years. They know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's the same it's the same fucking shit different toilet you know different generation <laughs> different generation Speak oh shit speaking you of weird shit anymore <laughs> speaking of weird shit have you seen what stephen hawking's apparent kink was on epstein island yeah yeah oh, he, he'd, he'd sit in his chair and he'd have naked midgets try to solve complex equations on a board that's just too high to reach dude yeah shit man <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it up, can you? No. He can't even get up. He's like, he's like, that's nice, nice. nice. Like, that's like, it. Oh, you almost got it. Almost got it. Uh, yeah, almost got. And it was a foot lower. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, those memes of like, there's memes of like, uh, when him arriving on the island, and he gets out the wheelchair and starts walking. He's like dancing. <laughs> he's like dancing. <laughs> I saw one where like, there's like, a, it's Epstein Island in the distance, and it's like a bat signal that goes up, and it's a midget, and he, he's in he's in his wheelchair, and it takes off like a rocket ship right to right to Epstein Island. This shit was priceless, man. Well, well, the Simpsons got it again. Remember when Stephen Hawking was on the Simpsons, and he 
flew off in his little helicopter and picked Lisa up and flew off with her. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Yo, the Simpsons always gets it. The Simpsons always gets it, man, because they know what's going on. Yeah, they're well, that's because Matt Groening is a 33rd degree Mason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. oh, dude. Guys, I could I could talk for hours, but we got to get out of here. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you. We'll start with uh, you guys, Josh and Sean. Let everybody know where they can find the Mind's Eye. Yes, you can find the Mind's Eye podcast on any platform, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and our social media is also the same, the Mind's Eye podcast. We post weekly, every week, and we also do bonus content on our website. So that's what we do. Go check out the website, guys. Good shit over there. Yes, that's the, that's the shit that can't go on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the good stuff, man. Yep. That's that's you know, that's why I had to create a Patreon because I just gave up on YouTube. I'm like, fuck it, I'm sick of being censored. I'm gonna put whatever I because that's that's the thing of it. You guys do great content. You're not out there, you know, spitting these crazy, you know, what we would deem like Q level conspiracy theories. This is yeah, shit yeah. that's documented, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Ah, uh, welcome to the wor- upside down world of censorship. Oh, man, we're living it. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Man, always a pleasure to talk. We got to do this more often. Uh, and I got we got to get Santiago on here sometime too, because yes, dude, I love hearing his perspective sometimes when when you can hear him and he's not hanging up on you and shit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely brilliant. get him around next time. But thank you, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah definitely. Nice Drew, where can they find you, man? Yeah, nice to meet you, Josh and Sean. It was a good chat. Uh, you're missing the point podcast on all the usual podcatchers. Heavily shadow banned, so don't get too used to seeing any kind of videos that meet 3 million views like these guys. My God, how good must be to not be shadow banned. Uh, yeah. Also, Conspiracy Theater 3000 with Ryan Dean and Moral Bob, where we break down films for the, ul- the occult and the conspiratorial. One of my favorite shows, man. I love that. That whole movie idea of breaking down movies, people haven't done it enough because like we've talked about tonight, there's so much symbolism out there. And and like what you do, Drew, with looking into the etymology of the names, the words, the the cities, whatever, it's you guys kill it. So, yeah, go check that out, guys. Everyone, thank you very much. Stay strong. Question everything. with Mr. Yuri Alexandrovich Bezmianov. Mr. Bezmianov was born in 1939 in a suburb of Moscow. He was the son of a high-ranking Soviet army officer. He was educated in the elite schools inside the Soviet Union and became an expert in Indian culture and Indian languages. He had an outstanding career with Novosti, which was the, and still is, I should say, the press arm or the press agency of the Soviet Union. It turns out that this is also a front for the KGB. He escaped to the West in 1970 after becoming totally disgusted with the Soviet system and he did this at great risk to his life. He certainly is one of the world's outstanding experts on the subject of Soviet propaganda and disinformation and active measures. Well you spoke several times before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, active in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. 
What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense, an economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis to promise people all kind of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government 
in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marxist-Leninists when they come to power. And that's what happened in Nicaragua. You remember most of these uh, former Marxist-Leninists were either put to prison or one of them split and now he's working against Sandinistas. It happened in, in uh, uh, Grenada when Maurice Bishop was, he was already a Marxist. He was executed by, by a new Marxist who was more Marxist than this Marxist. Same happened in Afghanistan when uh, first there was Taraki, he was killed by Amin, then Amin was killed by Babrak Karman with the help of KGB. Same happened in, in Bangladesh when Mujibur Rahman, very pro-Soviet leftist, was assassinated by his own Marxist-Leninist military comrades. It's the same pattern everywhere. The, the time bomb is ticking with every second. The disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to.